Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and you know, we got the old, old back. We got the OG crew here today. It's my co-host, Jacob Belleville. Welcome, Jacob. Hello, how's it going? Pretty good. I mean, no tweet tonight. He says he's sick. Um, just kind of hasn't been the same since losing the NCAA side. He's just been a little different. He has been. So he lost. You know, I'm glad sparkle. he lost a sparkle. You know, I'm just glad. You know, it's you and me here tonight, just like the old days, here to talk, enlighten the league about things that they need to know. You know, try to teach them how to beat us uh, in fantasy. They haven't been too successful in general. Um, it's really you know like we're the week fifteen. Las Vegas Raiders, while everyone else is uh, week 15, Los Angeles Chargers. That's that's what it's like. Sometimes it feels that way. Yeah. And, and then just so everyone's, you know, who's listening, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we don't even know how that game's going to go, but I, I just think the Raiders are going to just crush those bolts. Yeah, I took the – I think it was – it was plus three today, so I took that and put like uh, – Took out a loan and actually put about fifty grand on it, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it works out. We'll see, I went with a uh, uh, QJ under to, uh, today, so we'll see how that goes. Your boy QJ. Yep, I don't know if he's my boy right now. <laughs> uh, Trey Tucker, I took a, an over on his. So it's like he hasn't really been doing anything. So I was like, you know, I'll just sprinkle a little bit. I sprinkled like I think it was a hundred grand on his over. So mm-hmm. yep. we'll see how that goes. Well, hey, make sure you go rate, review, give us a download. I saw that uh, we've got like fifteen reviews, and they're all five stars. So that's great. Keep it up. Keep them pouring in. We are five-star hosts. We've got five-star talent. Um, and if you keep giving us the five stars, we'll keep giving you the five-star podcasts. Because um, yep. we've got the talent, but talent doesn't always mean the product's going to be good. Uh, you got you gotta you gotta work hard too. And we're back here grinded. I mean, we've got this show sheet. We've been working on it all the time. Like, I just put stuff in today, like minutes ago, uh, as well as Jacob. So, I mean, we're out here. We're grinding. We're preparing. uh, We're trying to give you guys everything that we can. Honestly, it's at that point. I can't believe it's already week 15 of the NFL season. We're in the playoffs. It's fantasy football is about done and it went by really really fast and then we're gonna have this huge long off season and it's gonna be you know right now you kind of hit that lull in the content creating where it's like it's just kind of hard to keep doing it week in and week out um and then we're gonna get to the off season and we'll figure out how to get to it and we'll get really excited and amped up and then the season will be here and then it'll be gone like really fast yep. it happens every year it happens right. every at this point, I kind of prefer the off season just because sometimes it seems like we come on here and we're talking about things that everybody has already watched on ESPN or 
you know, read about themselves. And like, we're talking about football that's occurring. Once we get to the off season, it's like, Oh, we get to have different opinions that not everybody's talking about all these players all the time. So, or like all the players that we know that the rest of our league mates don't because they're just so underprepared. I mean, I found, we're so good. I found a gem today. Oh, can't wait to hear about him. 2024 class. Hmm. Wide receiver? No. This is a running back. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to hear about him. His name? And that's that's a teaser. Do you want his name? Yes. Okay. This running back is not even ranked in 247 composite. Oh, my goodness. 247 has him at RB85. His name is Cornell Hatcher. 5'11". Let me write this down. 5'11", 205. Needs some better offers. Right now, it's looking like Air Force. But, but, hugely productive and very, very tough competition in California. Um. Was he not ranked to start, or he's not ranked now? He is not ranked as a on the composite right now, which means that I believe it means either on three or rivals doesn't have him ranked at all. But twenty four seven does. Yep. Okay. I think eighty five. But he is uh, right. he is very productive and very very fast. Nice. Thank you for that s- snippet. I mean, if you're a hey, league mate of ours, provide five, we got to provide five star content. How about Dylan Rayola going mm-hmm. seemingly to Nebraska, switching from Georgia, where he's been uh, quite a bit? So, this is just kind of an interesting dynamic. He's on his like fourth high school, I think. He's I can't remember where he was committed to first. I think maybe Ohio State. Then he went to maybe Texas. I think he was Ohio State first, and then he went to Georgia or whatever it was. But he's just changed his mind a lot. And it sounds like Kyle McCord was – he's going to Nebraska. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes in for his visit, and he's not committed. He hears Dylan Rayola. He's supposed to be there, I think, today or tomorrow. Maybe it's Saturday. It's Saturday, I think. And then he – and by today or tomorrow, I mean like Tuesday or Wednesday. Of course, this is not Thursday. Right. Um, And it sounds like his – he just wants to start. He wants that prima donna. I want to start, and if I'm not going to get it, I'm going to whine. And I don't. What are your thoughts about freshman quarterbacks starting day one? So who's so we're saying Rayol is being the prima donna in this scenario? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I feel like McCord kind of backing out just because. First of all, Rayola like kind of demanding a start. That's that's just something I would never do as a coach. I would never promise a kid that he's going to start before I got him on campus and saw him like actually practice. But um, 
pretty low T move out of McCord to kind of say, oh, I, I'm not going to Nebraska. Rayola is going there. I don't want competition. I want the job. That is low T. Sounds like McCord is on his way to Syracuse. And we've got a we've got a perfectly ranked Nate who has some quarterbacks who are also afraid of competition. And so they're in the transfer portal right now. It's crazy. I just think people don't want to play for Nate. Properly ranked Nate. Properly ranked. Perfectly. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not perfect. Right. Um I don't know. So yeah, let's take. So, so you started on the McCord. So you started on the McCord. Let's just go down that. You know, it's a low T move. It is, and it it doesn't it doesn't seem like you know Nebraska's Big Ten football. You know what? And and like I said, it sounds like he's going to Syracuse. So he probably doesn't care about conference prestige and the really the competition because competition would be tougher in the Big Ten than it is the ACC in general. I think it's, yeah, I want to be the starter. I want to be the undoubted starter. I want, you know, I want the girl. I want to walk around campus with my letterman's jacket and my chest puffed out. And he's not promised that there. Yeah, but you don't want to earn that at a new place. That's That's what I don't quite understand. And any quarterback who's worried about a true freshman coming in at quarterback, like, you're just not it, guy. Sorry. Like, true freshman quarterbacks that, like, come in and just, like, take over are ex- – I don't – I'm trying to think of one that really, like, came in and just, like, shocked the world. Like, you got Tim Tebow. He sat for a year and got packages. You got – I think Johnny Manziel was a redshirt freshman, right? Yep. Caleb Williams came in and did well as a freshman, but there were a lot of question marks coming out of that season if he was going to be, you know, an elite quarterback in college football. Now, with that being said, I think it's always beneficial to get like to start at your position as early as possible because it's going to help you with reps and just like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. He was, and then I would say DJU was pretty good when he got his start. Like he had a good like five game stretch and then self imploded. But I think Trevor Lawrence is the last stud. Kind of came in. I don't know how many games it was. Three. Or, he came in like three or five games into the season and yep. went on to win a national championship. So I think he would be the last freshman that really. Yep. Was great. But I mean, it's few and far between. You're probably not getting the best. Odds are against you. Odds are against you, big time. But for a player's development, I think it's good. So, like Rayola wanting to start right away, like it's probably good for his development to get as good as possible in college. But all right. So yeah. now let's also, take a look. Did, but if you're like that type of recruit, why wouldn't you throw your weight around a little bit? I think from a, a competitive standpoint, if I am going into college and like, yeah, I want to be the backup. What kind of mind state is that? Like, no, it's different. It's like, I want, I want to t- compete and I want to crush you. 
or I don't really want to compete. I just I just want to hand it to me. So like it also depends on how you know Rayola kind of forms yeah. that behind. It's like no, this is what I want before I come here, or I'm gonna come there and I'm gonna be the starter because I'm really good. Like yeah, I don't know. But I mean, with how many? But there are some red flags. There yeah. are some red flags with Rayola. So you know, um, doesn't run the ball considerably well at all. Great, great touchdown to interception ratio this last year, and some pretty tough Georgia competition. But it's just wild. Like you would just move from Chandler, Arizona, to Buford, uh, Georgia, and not go to Georgia. Like I don't know. Seemed like he did a lot to end up going to Georgia and not going there. I don't know. It's all. Yeah. I don't know, but he was he was always like interested in Nebraska because he has, you know, his family is his dad played there all that kind of stuff. I always thought that Nebraska would be a good fit with the new like regime change there when Scott Frost got booted out, rules coming in, he's bringing in this at the very least he's bringing in some elite like athletes Absolutely. at skill positions yep. like Absolutely. Crazy athletes. So if if that can all come together and Rail actually goes there, or even McCord, you might be looking at a completely different Nebraska team than what you've seen in the past. Because it would they, they lost like six one score games this last year. Yeah, they yeah, they lost a lot of one score games, and I think they literally them, couldn't throw the ball. I mean, granted they didn't do well in the West. And you're losing the divisions, but I think in general they're setting themselves up to be a better Nebraska team in a divisionless Big Ten than they were in a division Big Ten. So I think they're doing a I think they're doing some good stuff there in Nebraska, as it pain pains me to say. But yep. we kind of skipped over our quick hitter. So I got a quick hitter for you, Jacob. Okay. I made a trade offer to a certain person in our league. And I made it in week seven. Okay. So this is week. It was, it was, it was declined. It was laughed at. It made me feel bad. But now I'm looking at it. I don't know if I feel that bad. So this is stats from week eight on in the NFL. Okay. Would you rather have player A, 73.1 fantasy points, 32 receptions on 44 targets, 371 yards, and one touchdown? That's the player I wanted. Mm -hmm. I was laughed at. This is a player I was going to give up. One for one. Player B, 111.7 points, 29 receptions on 61 targets, 527 yards, and five touchdowns. Which player do you want? I'll go with the uh, one with the points. Player A, Travis Kelsey. Player B, DK Metcalf. Wow. I sure am glad I didn't uh, end up going through with any trades on Travis Kelsey this summer. I mean, it is not looking good for Kelsey. 
It is not. You know what they say? They don't get younger, you know? So, I mean, how how old is Travis Kelsey? Is he older or younger than DK Metcalf? Well, he's dating Taylor Swift, so naturally that reversed his age. Oh, the little Benjamin Button action. Yeah, because he goes to their concerts and he's surrounded by teens. Mm. It's like he's like Dracula and he he just kind of absorbs their youthfulness. So kind of like, I don't know, did you see the the latest uh, Trolls movie? I did. Yep. So it, you know, it's kind of like stealing the troll, uh, the trolls' powers, uh, and then yes. they can sing really well. It's the same idea. Yep. Uh, also, we're really educated in children's movies here, uh, not because we have little kids, but because we really like the troll series. That's what it is. It's very good. Um, I would say this is this was my least favorite of the three, but it was still very good. My daughter loved it. My daughter was dancing a lot of the time, mm-hmm. so it was hard to keep my butt in the seat. I wanted to dance too, but you know, I resisted, and I actually, I think, ended up taking a little nap too. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of kids' movies, highly underrated, but a great movie, Coco. Have you seen Coco? Yes. Yeah. Nope. Great. Great music. Everything. While we're talking about movies, tis the season. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Why don't you go first while I think about it? My favorite Christmas movie is probably Home Alone. Really like Home Alone. My son. Mike. We watched yep. Home Alone as a family, and Bo started. Uh, Bo, my son, he started like setting up traps around the house, and so now I'm convinced like I have to watch Go- the Goonies with him because he'll love that too. Like he like adventure, setting booby traps, all that kind of stuff. So Grant, we've watched Home Alone like four times now, and Home Alone two twice, and as soon as we watched Home Alone like the first time. So we actually have a chimney in the house, and Grant's like, hey, Dad, do we have a paint can? I'm like, we do, <laughs> but I'm just like, no, we don't. And like, he's like, I want to catch Santa, and he, he wants to do all these booby traps. So I'm kind of excited uh, for this. So anyways, yeah, I think I would go home alone. As a child, uh, my dad f- forced me to watch uh, The Christmas Story a lot. Oh my so god. Like, Talk about the worst. Uh, so like if it's on, I won't not watch it. But like yeah, it's not like that great. But it was like one of those things like my dad always watched it and it's like we had the one television and I, you know, he's got the remote. So or as my dad would call it a channel changer. I am in the remote category. But yeah, I can't um, do the like sappy Christmas movies can't do it. So, also like Frosty, you mean the not yep. Frosty, the not Frosty, the, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, where you got the snowman that talks and you got the misfit toys. Yeah, I like that one. Give me yep. that one too. So, 
I do like um, the original Grinch. I'm a big okay. Actually, I'm actually a fan of all the Grinch movies. Makes like sense, the, given your personality and uh, what you yeah. do to the the league. It makes a lot of sense. Correct. Um, I mean, I just I view the world the same way that the Grinch does before his heart grows. Okay. Right. Yep. Um. Oh, another movie that I love, Scrooged. <laughs> Absolutely love that movie. That one's probably my favorite Christmas movie. My wife, every Christmas, we have to watch a Muppets Christmas. It's like a staple. She always watched it, so we have to always watch it. Also, I always watched a Christmas story as a kid. But she's like, no, we don't have to watch that. So I don't know. I don't get it, but... I don't know. Then I would say the only other movie that we always watch is um, once a year, we'll, like once every Christmas, we'll watch um, Year Without a Santa Claus. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. So no. this, one, yeah, this has got like Mother Nature and um, Heat Miser and his brother, like Mister Cold or whatever, and they do a whole song and dance. It's huh. very, it's fun. Okay, but what is it again? A Year Without a Santa Claus. Basically, Santa gets a cold, and they have to figure out how they're going to conduct Christmas without him. Hmm. Interesting. I I will have to check it out. But yeah. Hey, League Mates, let's hear it in the group chat. What's your favorite Christmas movie? That was like a quick hitter that turned into a lot of different things. Um, So that's great. Organic organic, uh, quick hitters here. NCAA news. We talked, we got a little bit into it, um, but more news. And I really want to talk about the concept here of Malik Murphy uh, in two days, because this is on Tuesday. In two days, we'll go to the transfer portal because we're not doing this on a Thursday night. Uh, but yeah, I, I really think Malik Murphy will go to the transfer portal and it comes into the timing. So he is the backup quarterback for Texas that is in the playoffs. Not that Quinn Ewers has been uh, healthy all, you know, his entire time. He's one snap away from being the quarterback of the Texas Longhorns in the playoffs. It's a what if, but he's going to the transfer portal. And he has to because of timing, because he's got to figure out where he's going to go to school. He's got to go to these places. He's got to figure stuff out. He's already a little late to the game. A lot of the QBs have already been taken. The big hitters uh, are still out there. You've got USC still looking for a quarterback. You've got probably the biggest names out there still looking for a quarterback of uh, Florida State, Miami, and presumably Ohio State. But he has to go into the transfer portal because he's got to enroll in school by a certain date in January. I don't know what it is. So he can do spring ball there and get you know into the system, this and that. So he's not going to be on the team uh, for the playoffs. Arch Manning is now the backup to Quinn. Thoughts on this concept, like thoughts on the concept of one Malik Murphy doing what Malik Murphy needs to do for himself 
Two, what it does to the Longhorns in general. And then three, just like the concept of these windows uh, timing-wise here in the NCAA. Uh, should there be maybe an exception for playoff teams because of when the playoff is, he can't do this or he like, shouldn't he be able to do this and this? And, you know, just like coaches, some coaches in the NFL are like, Hey, we're going to, I can't come, you know, do my interview because I'm with this playoff team, but then I'll come in after, you know, we lose or whatever. So give me your thoughts on those, you know, three things, Malik Murphy doing it for him what this means for, you know, the team concept of Texas in particular, and then do, does NCAA need to change some things with their windows? Yeah, I think it's great that Malik Murphy is hitting the transfer portal. It seems like he's doing it the right way. Like, there's no, like, hard feelings, I guess, on Texas's side, it seems like, which part of that is probably because of who they have backing up Quinn I mean, to get Quinn and Arch Manning, like, you're feeling pretty good. And then Malik Murphy's, like, also a very good prospect um, coming out, or a highly rated prospect. But I think it's good for him to, like, go somewhere, see if I can start multiple years, all that kind of stuff, because it was kind of lining up where looking like I might only get one year to really start here at Texas, and that's if everything goes right. And I'm I beat out Arch Manning. Okay, so you said it was a low-T move for Kyle McCord. Mm-hmm. Is it a low-T move for Malik Murphy? Like, oh, I can't beat out Arch Manning. I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, to some extent, yeah. He has to, like, they have to see each other in practice. If someone, if Malik Murphy was outperforming Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning in practice... You got to stay until it's obvious that you're just the guy. But if all things being equal, you know, he's, I guess, yeah, it would be a, that's what I was looking at last week is like, you're in the transfer portal for a reason. Whatever your situation is, it's not the best for you. So there's that. Texas is probably fine. I mean, they're feeling fine about it. They got two number one overall prospects. What do you think about this uh, conspiracy theory? Malik Murphy is the backup for the Longhorns in 2024. The Mannings pay Malik on the side like, hey, can you hit the portal? We really want you know, Manning to to be that backup for, for Quinn. Here's some money. Mm-hmm. Go off to the portal. Maybe that's his NIL deal. Who says no? Who says no that that did not happen? I would say no. <laughs> All right. So then what's it mean? Thoughts on just like the timing of yeah, the, ti- the, the timing NCAA is- stuff. Well, the timing is stu- – so – Basically, I've been putting together all of my 2024 class stuff, um, looking at freshmen that are coming in. And it is over, like, the quarterback position, it is clearly more important for these guys to early enroll than other positions. So I I got down to my short list, and it's like, okay, I've got 26 wide receivers here that I have some interest in. 
only like five of them are early enrolling. Running back, three or four of them are early enrolling. Then you go to quarterback, and it's about half the list of the total list that are early enrolling. So obviously it's important for that position. He's hitting the portal to play quarterback. He knows that he needs to go to his next school and at least have a spring to like digest the playbook, all that kind of stuff, get acclimated, whatever it is, whatever quarterbacks do that have has nothing to do with physical ability. All, all that. Right, now, I've got a, now I've got a question because weeks ago mm-hmm. in our group chat, you said it didn't matter to early enroll. It doesn't it's not that big of an impact. Dennis is out there saying no, it matters, and I agree with Dennis. With early enrolling, yeah, it, said it's not it's, that big it, of a deal. There's no correlation. I didn't say no. I said that it's not that big of a deal for a guy to just redshirt for a year and sit there. They don't get magically better by redshirting. Okay. Okay. But statistically, there's no correlation between early enrolling and increased success. I think coaches care about quarterbacks early enrolling. Yeah, I think because they're all just nervous that they're actually not going to get them if they don't early enroll. If they're not an early enrollee, (laughs) they really want them there. So then this kind of rolls into, in particular, Notre Dame quarterbacks so last year notre dame brings in a transfer quarterback sam hartman experience notre dame does fine this year they don't make it to the playoffs (coughs) Uh, sorry a little a little burp there um (laughs) then this year notre dame brings in your boy riley leonard last year of eligibility I am curious, not just yeah. for Notre Dame, but this he model. Have one more. He is. I'm pretty sure he is. He should have a COVID done. year if he wants to take it. Yeah, I think he's done. 21, 22. Oh, no, he was 21, wasn't he? So this is it. I am pretty, pretty sure. Anyways. It's going to be a great this, year. Is this a model that I know Notre Dame's a little different um, because, you know, they've got their own TV money, etc. But is, is this something of a model? Because you had you had USC, they're a big-time program. They're looking for a portal quarterback. You got your Oregon's looking for a quarterback. Washington starting to be one of those big boys trying to look for a quarterback. Are these big schools who can kind of pay the money for a quarterback – do you think this is a model that they try to do or do they try to spend their NIL money elsewhere and kind of, Hey, when we're ready to really, really compete for the national championship, that's when we go pay for a quarterback. No, I think they should be. I feel like you're going to have to, I feel like if, even if you develop a quarterback, you're going to have to pay that quarterback to not leave. So it's like, (laughs) I don't know. Do you just go for what's known, or do you try to develop them? I don't know. So I ask you. I think you got to do both. I think you have to have two quarterbacks that you're willing to, at some level, pay monetarily, and then you have to try and sell them on everything else that makes your school and program great. 
but by going to the portal and getting a proven level quarterback, you get to control your floor at that position. Whereas if you're constantly just recruiting and trying to develop, you have no control over the real outcomes. Like we see kids get in trouble with the, with the law, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, all of your great plans for what this recruit's going to be are out the window. Eric's Eric smash vape Gilbert. Ian's guy. Ian's guy. Ian's guy. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, how many like quarterbacks in in their last season they go and they go into you know whatever system it is, but then they gotta learn that. But maybe they're more equipped to learn it because they're older and they you know they can dissect it better. It's not that big of a deal for the weight program, this and that. Like they can figure it out relatively quick. Mm-hmm. I am kind of curious if like there is something around transfer quarterbacks in the years. Like, does a transfer quarterback going from one school to the other and then they're graduated or they're done with school, does that really impact from a fantasy value? Um, Or is it better to get a transfer quarterback and then year two is when they take off? Um, Or is it just, you know, being in the system? I'm kind of curious on that. I mean, kind of early to tell. You probably won't get any because the transfer portal is really ramping up now. Maybe it's something worth tracking here, but you got um, Caleb Williams technically a transfer, wins the Heisman. And then Jane Daniels, second second year, mm-hmm. wins the Heisman, transfer. Michael Penix. Caleb Williams isn't a real like transfer transfer. Right. And then you got He went he went with his coach and the rest of the team over to yeah. USC. <laughs> and then you got Michael Penix. Penix second yeah. year in that system. Blows up. Um Yeah, Bo but he Nicks. blew up for one. Bo Nix. Yeah, but Bo Nix just threw checkdowns. So I mean, it's it'll be something interesting. Maybe maybe I'll look into that. But it's just kind of I'm I'm just curious if it is maybe a something that teams might adopt and something that I'll kind of keep my eye out for. And then what does it mean? Also, I guess too, not necessarily the head coach or I guess whoever is really in charge of calling the offensive plays. It could be the head coach, um, but like. Is it the same offensive coordinator two years? Or are they different offensive coordinators? I, want, I mean, I'm assuming that also you know plays into into effect a little bit. Which speaking, also speaking of Washington, though, that'd be a great fit for Malik Murphy. Just bomb it, air it out. So they getting Tobias Merriweather. Yeah, they're. Uh, be- I think his, he's crystal balled there. Yeah, they're going to be loaded up at wide receiver again. Thoughts on Jaden Greathouse at Notre Dame and all these Notre Dame wide receivers leaving? I mean, they've also kind of grabbed, I think, two or three wide receivers out of the portal, but he didn't transfer. And 
I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of that wide receiver room. Other other guys transfer and he stays there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he stayed or why those other guys left. I guess I don't like Notre Dame, but there are very obvious reasons why a Okay, do you not like Notre Dame or do you not like Rudy? I mean, those are two separate things. So they're not, but um, Rudy is such a bad movie that I actually hate Notre Dame because of it. So why do you have a framed Rudy jersey right behind you? I do not. <laughs> no Rudigers here. That's a Samwise Gamgee jersey No, from Lord That's of the a... Rings. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> how about my how about my jersey back here? It is uh that Angeli. It's an in- signed Angeli jersey. Stephen Angeli. Yeah. He's quarterback of the future at Notre Dame. He's I've been I've good. been told he's really good. Probably going to win be quarterback this year. Bring in Riley Leonard, but for his last year. But yeah, Angeli's the guy. Sometimes you know we talk about players being really good, and then you go and like look at. Uh, let's go look. You know, I'm hearing all this stuff about Steve Angeli. Let me go look at these stats. Then you pull him up, and he's thrown like 12 passes. You're like. How do they know he's good? How do these people know he's good? See him every day in practice. Must. They must. I mean, he was able to beat out he he was able to beat out a lacrosse player. Um, and also a guy that's not gonna play football. But he didn't beat them out, right? Oh, that's right. He didn't beat him out. Didn't beat out the lacrosse player. Sorry, Chad. All right. I just can't believe that they'd pay Riley Leonard to come to Notre Dame to be the backup. (laughs) Doesn't make sense, Chad. They they must have a ton of money at Notre Dame. But anyways, what I'm saying is there's other reasons why, why someone would stay at Notre Dame and choose to go to Notre Dame. I have noticed in this recruiting class, Notre Dame has a bunch of skill players coming in for 2024. So I don't know if that really affected how Merriweather or anything was like feeling about stuff, but could also be that there's just like a little sour grapes because offensively the season didn't go how a lot of those guys probably thought it would with Hartman coming in and all that. Next thing, portal. Likes, don't likes. Let's hear... Some of the likes that you you have in the portal, whether that is somebody who I guess went into the portal and found a new home, or I'll say a player that didn't go into the portal, but people left around them and you kind of like their circumstance. So my first like is that Iowa State. <laughs> Abu Sama did not go into the portal and he's looking like he's going to stay at Iowa state. And the same goes for Carson Hansen, who I was really, I was pretty high on as a recruit. So it looks like we got a talented little duo there staying at Iowa state. All right. And I went, Oh, you want to alternate? You want to do all of them? Uh, alternate. 
All right. I like Marcus Carroll going to Missouri. Missouri likes to run the ball. Marcus Carroll, a a really, really good G5 player. I didn't think there was a lot of places that he could go and that would be good for him. And I think this is actually a really, really good spot for him. And I I just like how Missouri runs the ball. Um, I think I made the prediction two years ago. Um, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Cody Schrader that they would lead the nation in rushing. And then they were like far, far from it. Well, this year they're pretty good at running the ball. So I think Marcus Carroll to Missouri is a really good, really good landing spot. They got Kawan Lacey coming in too now. They do. Yeah, that was a big announcement. That was a big announcement that's going to come in two days um, because today is Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And we're not on Thursday. Because I think he – was he crystal balled to Ole Miss? Yeah, so he was committed to Nebraska, decommitted, then then it was between – Oh, he's he's doing the Rayola. Yeah. It's like, who's going to give me a Lambo? Yeah, he was he was all but thought to go to Ole Miss earlier Thursday is my prediction. Uh, and then yeah. And then you just predicted that he goes to Missouri. So Wow. We're we're on top of it. <laughs> all right. The next one I like is Antoine Wells to Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is looking like they are going to have quite the offense this next year with Jackson Dart probably coming back. I believe he's coming he back. Is. He is coming so back. Then you got yep. Trey you got Trey Harris. You got whatever Zakari Franklin is at the power five le- level. I mean could be could be a lot of fun. They're spending some money. Um I would have to look at what their schedule is because they just had a like a two hour SEC reveal um that'll happen tomorrow since today's Tuesday and that happens on Wednesday I believe. Um, so I'll have to re- look at that schedule, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss does enough to make the playoffs next year. No, because I think they didn't, they got like some pretty good, like edge rusher, right? I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but I know they're spending a lot of money. I think they got a pretty good edge rusher too that I saw, but that won't be announced for another two days. <laughs> yeah, I, so, think Antoine, I think Antoine Wells from a skill set perspective also fits really well just because he's such a yak guy, but he also plays on the outside. So it's like he's not necessarily going to stretch the field, but he's playing on the outside and can win contested catch balls and then make something happen after he catches it. Somebody else that I like is uh, Treshawn Ward to Boston College. Boston College really ran the ball a lot. Uh, and I think Treshawn Ward going there didn't get what he probably wanted at Kansas State. Um, so I'm I'm curious on how it works, but I think I really like that fit there. Treshawn Ward to Boston College. You got uh, Castellanos running the ball a lot. Uh, they had Pat Garno and like, they had another guy when Pat got hurt that uh, he ran the ball a lot. So Babino or something like that. My next one is I like Will Shepard from Vanderbilt to Colorado. 
I think Colorado has all the speed in the world right now, but I think they just need like a possession guy, and I think Will Shepard's actually really good at that. Who's got Will Shepard? Is that Grim? No. Maybe. Will Shepard. Patrick. Patrick's got Will Shepard. He's more of a possession guy. He's going to run routes and like just get open, catch easy balls. He's probably not going to do much with it afterwards, but I mean, do you really need another speedy deep deep threat for Colorado? Probably not. My guy I like is Chip Trainum to Kentucky. Kentucky's been feeding the ball. You got Chris Rodriguez a couple of years ago. You got Ray Davis this year. They really seem to feed the ball. It's an SEC. Chip Trainum initially is at Arizona State as a running back. Decides to be a linebacker at uh, Ohio State. People get hurt. He goes and he runs the ball pretty well there. Now he's going to be the running back at Kentucky, and I think that's a really, really good fit, and I think he's going to get fed the ball. And I don't know what else you could ask for. I think that that was awesome. So great fit. All right. Next one, near and dear to my heart, London Humphreys to Georgia. Mm. I actually like like it. I like it because it's gonna. I think it's gonna help his Devi value for the getting on NFL radars. I don't. I think if he stays at Vanderbilt, the the production is gonna be capped the same way that it is probably gonna be at Georgia. So like seven, eight hundred yards if he's that guy. But he's gonna get noticed at Georgia, whereas at Vanderbilt, you're probably looking third, fourth round. I don't know. You know, I think it's very interesting. Vanderbilt really prides himself in the recruiting format of developing its players and being a family and this and that. And like everybody left this year. Yep. So I don't really know what that culture uh, is right now. It definitely seemed like that. And then this year, it definitely something switched. Um, and it's something that's very interesting. I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but uh, they actually at Vanderbilt have a GM-like position where that person is pretty much just like the GM of an NFL football team, but for Vanderbilt. And that's the stuff that he preaches. And everybody who seemed to be bought in, I think this is year two or year three of him there. Um, but yeah, this off season, not quite what happened. Well, sounds like his message is re- really resonating with everyone, um, as they leave. My, yeah. uh, my guy I really like, uh, and it's more for a system is AJ Duffy to South or to San Diego state, San Diego state. It's the offense or their head coach is a former offensive coordinator for Colorado who they got their uh, he got his play calling taken away from him about halfway through the season and Colorado kind of went downhill uh, in the offensive production. But he's also the former head coach of Toledo, which Toledo uh, was doing great in the Mac. 
they left and Toledo was not very good when he left. So I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a good play caller. AJ Duffy's fine. He's adequate. But I think going into the system, I think, and being in the Mountain West, I think he will do good. And I think this is a good spot for him. All right, my last one. Your boy, Matthew Golden to Texas. I Did think, he actually commit? What's that? Well, I don't think he's committed. Just, just rumors, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He's from Texas. He went to Houston when they were in the G5, and now he's in the portal. He's he's probably going to Texas, okay? But anyways, I think that is a great fit. Yep. Yeah, because like basically you have Jonte Cook kind of step into that Xavier Worthy role, stretching the field a little bit, and then you have Matthew Golden doing everything else. I'm kind of tempted to put. I don't know when Heisman odds come out for next year. Part of me wants to put five bucks on Quinn. Like if those if those are going to be his his receivers. Tell me it's a it's a quarterback award. Tell me who's the quarterback that's gonna win it. Are okay, so are Matthew Golden and John Tay Cook better than Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell this year? Like what stopped him from winning it this year? It's more so what's what is the field like? Just because it's wide open. Yeah. Yeah, but no one was no one was picking uh, Jaden Daniels for Heisman. Right. Except me. I had a future. Yeah. That's because I, I thought LSU was going to win the national championship. It was, um, well, it was a future parlay. LSU wins uh, national championship. Jaden Daniels wins Heisman. I think I got both at – trying to think what the odds – I don't know what the odds – they were both at plus 1,600, and I just did two bucks. So close, but parlays are for suckers. That's why you don't do them. <laughs> My next one that could be a Heisman finalist is uh, Dylan Gabriel to Oregon. I think it's a really good spot there. Um, the I have been told the left side of that offensive line, really, really good. Left-handed quarterback. He throws a lot to the left side of the field. Also, Bo Nix, even though he's a righty, threw to the left side of the field a lot. It seems like he'll be able to step in and just do what's comfortable to him. So I like that. The last Un- one that I'm... Unlike Bo Nix, he likes to sling it downfield, though. Yes. Yep. The last one I want to mention, you know, the other part, I don't know if this has been talked about on the podcast. But I, we talked off air maybe a couple weeks ago that I was hearing a lot of Dante Moore was going to go to Oregon. And he's supposed to visit this week. So I will be interested to see if Dante Moore goes there. But for somebody who's not in the portal, but they were going after quarterbacks, Malachi Nelson, he's on my team. I drafted him high last year, kind of a little bit nervous. Like, okay, if you're going after a quarterback, why are you going after a quarterback? Well, they didn't really 
I don't think they really went hard after a quarterback, honestly. Um, but yeah, nobody's gone to USC yet. So honestly, I feel like if they bring in a quarterback, it's more for depth and I feel pretty comfortable with Malachi Nelson, uh, at, at USC. Uh, we'll see what the, the bowl game is like because, uh, what's his name is actually the backup. Um, Miller Moss. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about Malachi Nelson. So actually, two days from now, Thursday, Curtis Rourke announces his commitment to Indiana, apparently. Did you just breathe the biggest sigh of relief that he wasn't going to USC? No. <laughs> I I was I will be kind of curious because I I thought that Indiana with Kurt Sinetti would bring McLeod with him, and that's kind of a lot of the rumors. But it actually hasn't happened yet, so I'll be curious if that ends up happening at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other names I like. I'm not going to talk a lot about them because uh, you're done. But Zach Evans goes from Minnesota to North Texas. I like his skill set. Evan Pryor from uh, Ohio State goes to Cincinnati. I like that. And then Deion Burks goes from Purdue to Oklahoma. I like those moves. What are some stuff moves that you did not like? So I'm guessing we both have this one. But uh, Raheem Sanders to South Carolina. Absolutely hate it. Definitely have that on mine as well. If they just haven't been able to run the ball since like 2020 with Kevin Harris. And then the last three years, they they've been averaging like four yards a carry. I don't know why you would go there to like rejuvenate your draft stock or whatever you were trying to do. Their offensive line is not good. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus they are bringing in like three or four other running backs. Ian, I think, drafted, was it uh, Dowell or... Uh, Dowdle. It was Dowdle. I mean, he must be dead. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what they're doing. They're just bringing in all these running backs. I just don't understand it. So, yeah, I don't like that move either. Well, it's like, go to Florida State, Raheem. Yeah. Trey, or Trey Benson's going to be out of there, right? Yep. So Go to Wisconsin. Go to Wisconsin. Go to USC. You might have 1,800 yards at Wisconsin. I don't know. Didn't like that one. Uh, I did not like Tyler Van Dyke to Wisconsin. Uh, I know that that offense is changing, you know, to that dairy raid. um, But I just don't think Tyler Van Dyke is the guy for Wisconsin. Simple as that. No more analysis on my end i just don't makes me think nick evers once uh oklahoma quarterback transfers there he must he must be dead yeah i mean tyler van dyke just isn't mobile so i don't know how you because the what what is the dairy rate it's kind of like rpo right uh it's it's what north carolina ran like with Josh Downs and everything, yeah, you got that option 
Yeah, it's not an option for Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. All right. Um, This is one that I just didn't, like, care for, I guess. But it's not that big of a deal. Raymond Cottrell, who is borderline five-star in last class, he's going to – it looks like he's going to Kentucky. Um, I just don't think he's the level of athlete that Kentucky current to, to compete with what Kentucky currently has. Like Dane key is a very, very good athlete. Barry M. Brown, very, very good athlete. Even the other true freshman they had come in Shamar Porter, very, very good athlete. So like if Shamar skills- Porter went to the Shamar Porter went to the portal. Oh, he hit the portal too. Okay. Well, yep. maybe there is opportunity for Raymond Cottrell, but didn't like the fit because who's their quarterback? Brock Vandergriff from Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah. Transfers over there, so I assume he will be their quarterback. Yeah, I don't like it. I, I didn't like. In two days, since we are recording on Tuesday, on Thursday, Lejonte Wester for FAU, top G five wide receiver will enter the portal. Don't know where he's going, but I don't like wherever it is if it's not another G5 school. So I put him on this list because I have this feeling that he will go into the portal on Thursday night, probably around 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock Central Time. Book it. Anybody else you don't like? Yeah, I didn't like Aiden Childs. Going to Michigan State. I think oh, Michigan them State. fighting words for Nate. I I don't I don't think the coaching hire completely makes sense. Like I don't think that's a long term solution for Michigan State. And then you know bringing Childs with you, great, but I don't see that whole situation just turning around overnight. Yeah, I don't really know what there is going on at uh, Michigan State. I do like the coaching hire, but I just don't know why you want to go to Michigan State right now. Taylor Green to Arkansas. Don't like it. KG Jefferson was good like two years ago. Not that great this last year. Is Taylor Green better than KJ Jefferson? I don't think so. No. Will he have flashes? Oh, yeah. Yes. Will you know when to start him? Probably not. I don't like that move to Arkansas. I do like... I do like that, you know, he was able to get probably a bag um, and move up to P5. Going from the Mountain West to the SEC. I just don't... I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be all that great. So I put him on a move that I did not like. Do you have any more, Jacob? Um, Sorry, Nate, but uh, Sam, leave it to Arizona State. I don't get it. Arizona State wasn't one of the teams that even offered him when he was a recruit. I don't see a coaching tie there. I don't see why he's scared of Aiden Childs. Nate's got Nate's got some low T individuals on his team, and he's got to get that figured out. I also didn't like MJ Morris to Maryland. 
don't know, going from NC State to Maryland. You go to the Big Ten, cool. I just I just think MJ Morris should have there's something going on there at NC State because he, you know, stopped playing. He wanted to preserve his red shirt. This stuff. I just I don't know. I just think he's a better athlete than a Maryland. But maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. I didn't hate Maryland. I think MJ Morris feels like he wasn't given a fair shake by the coaching staff, but at the same time, the coaching staff has now watched him practice for however many years, and they keep telling him they want someone different. So, could go either way. Um, The last uh, portal move that I didn't really like was Curtis Rourke to Indiana. Um, You didn't like it? No. It has nothing to do with the coaching. It has, like... Indiana doesn't ha- exactly have this powerhouse skill position group. I feel like Ohio kind of did in the MAC, and Curtis Rourke really didn't lift them this past season. So, yeah, Cur- Curtis Rourke's probably getting dropped before the draft. Goodbye, Maple Missile. I'm going to miss you. I thought you were the one, but. Doesn't look like it. Well, that was our NCAA news. We are an hour into it. Yeah. So let's get rolling. We've got our league news. We've got our Malik Will stat. That was cool. We've got our DTR stat. All right. All right. Nate's favorite, our Tanner McKee stat. All right. Then Tajay Spears. Seven carries for 29 yards, six receptions for 89 yards. Good for 17.8 points and full point PPR, but no touchdown. The Burks versus Tajay touchdown race going into week 15 is still zero to one. Jacob, how you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling like we can make up that ground at any time now. <laughs> we have a league trade. We are now up to 68. Dennis for the playoff push gets OBJ, his love forever, OBJ, and a 2024 NCAA 6 for Chad's 2024, and, er, and Chad gets Dennis's 2024 NCAA second. Any thoughts, Jacob? I mean, is this, what is this, 2010? Odell's coming on here late. I like the I like him getting him, but honestly, you're giving up an NFL player and a pick for just a second. Don't love that. I think Dennis fleeced you. I I I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't even care that like it's Odell Beckham. It's just like the whole concept of an of an NFL player. And a six for a second. I don't know. Just me, personally. But I'm sure Grim will sleep well in his fleece pajamas. That's all we got here for League News. We don't have any power rankings. Um, Do we have any recaps of last week? Because we got the playoffs starting this week. We only had one recap, and uh, that's me. 
skunking Tim, the tool man hater. He will not beat me on the college side. He will not beat me on the NFL side this year in terms of regular season. He might, I guess, could happen in playoffs, but that's just got to bother him. Do you think he'll probably say it's fine? He'll probably be like, well, I got a first round bye, this and that. You know, it's definitely. I mean, if he's fine with losing and losing to the Grinch, I mean, it's fine. I'm just saying, if my number two hater had beaten me in every single matchup we had this year, I'd probably call into sick work. Call into work sick. I'd be like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Can't do it. I need to recover. Be clutching my pearls. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's all you need to know. We got the playoff set. It's, uh, I'll be at the one seed. Uh, Grim will be at the two seed. Three seed is Ian just edging out Jacob for the four seed. Five seed, Patrick and Chad squeaks in uh, for that last seed. Brett in the fighting. Cheetahs almost, almost made it in. Uh, to the playoffs. What do we got here? Jay, or, uh, Brett loses out by a game and had more points than Chad. So if he would just won one more, those fighting cheetahs would have been in. But yeah. We'll have uh, Jacob versus Patrick this week. Yep. And Chad and Ian this week. So... Ian, hopefully, hopefully I can beat Patrick. He he knocked me out of playoffs first round last year. He's tough. I I can't seem to ever. I think I, I think I beat him one time this year, and that's like the first time I beat him. I think I played him twice this year. It's been it's been rough. It has been rough, but I don't think he has any quarterbacks. Everyone's hurt. Andy Dalton, Drew Locke, DTR, yeah. Joe Burrow. Derek Carr. So you might you might be might be able to squeak one away. I would uh if you can maybe throw QJ into your lineup. I think he gets, I don't know, like twenty three yards and a touchdown Thursday. Probably only a couple catches. Man. It's not great, but it's not bad either, I guess. The touchdown kind of saved him, right? Yeah. Saves him in the future. Yep. Anything else you want to chat about? I mean we're Hour six in it, we've already, you know, given the fans everything they want, given them uh, a dive into our thoughts about the transfer portal. No towel wave in here, no crazy music because the bear is that prima donna. He actually peek behind yeah, the curtain. No, uh, peek, I, I mean, that's what he told you. Peek behind the curtain. You know, he reached out to me and he said, if Jacob is on the podcast, I'm not, I'm not suiting up tonight. I want my NIL money and I don't want Jacob around. I was like, you know, Jacob's incumbent. He's got to be there. You know, you guys are going to, you guys are going to compete. And he said, I don't want to compete just like I don't want to compete on the NCAA side. Lose to Chad. Just real low T. 
by uh, by tweet. Yeah, I've never uh, I've never seen a bear be threatened by an alpha male. You know, like I my mean. So it's that's what happened. A peek behind the curtain. Uh, you probably shouldn't have known about that. Now the whole league. Now you know all of our fans know. But yeah, the low T bear. That's probably what I'm going to name this episode. It you know it only took about an hour and eight minutes into this episode with the intro. We're probably looking at about an hour ten. Maybe low T bear. Maybe he just calls himself a bear, but in fact he's a red panda. One of those little things that looks like a fox. <laughs> maybe. You know the theory behind like dogs; they all think they're like huge and macho. And I had a miniature, gold, I had a miniature golden doodle that would frequently tell me that it was descendant from wolves. I'm like, dude, you're 20 pounds. Maybe, maybe, maybe the bears like that. It's like, very high T though. Technically, I'm a bear species. It's like, yeah, but you're boo boo. <laughs> it doesn't really count, does it? Doesn't really count. Man, I can't wait to title this episode. Don't know what I'm going to do yet. But hey, Jacob, since you got to play this week, I don't. I got to buy. Don't forget to start your studs. And don't hate the player. Hate the game. And I'm Triple H. Good night. I'll get it.